So I, I'm not even going to try and summarise what happened last week, but essentially you were all transported into other places where other things were happening. We were tripping balls, Andy. We were tripping <laughs> balls. <laughs> you were tripping. Yeah, well, it felt very real. I mean, was it a trip? Was it reality? Who knows? But either way, we will start. Well, if I remember correctly, am I dead? <laughs> well, we'll see. We will start with Rita. The wind blows across the dusty street of the small western town. The undertaker is getting the coffins down, ready to pack them with their new goods. And then the wind stops, dust kind of settles. And then Deke stands up and he starts clapping. And he says, Rita, you were great. That was great, kid. I think you've got a great future ahead of you. This kid's got star potential. And then you see all these people who were behind like carts and sort of standing in doorways and they're, they're all clapping as well. And Deke comes over and he says, come on, let's go get a drink, Rita. You've earned it. Well, gee. Well, I don't mind if I do. I'll, uh, let's go. Then you realise that there were movie cameras, like, positioned off to the sides, and Deke calls over the crew, and they, they come round, and they're slapping you on the back, and, yeah, Deke seems very pleased, and he leads you uh, into the saloon. I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm shooting people with my fingers, you know. <laughs> yeah. All the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. sharpshooting them. They, when they, you know, when they pop round a corner, stuff like that. People I don't even know. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. We will now cut. You're you're surrounded by your new friends. Uh, we will cut to Hamp. Hamp. Everything is dark. Everything is wet. And then you hear this sort of whirring sound, which then stops. And you hear someone say, "And cut." you suddenly realise that you're surrounded by men with buckets of water and they've just been throwing them over you. And the fog machine has stopped blowing across the stage. What exactly is going on here? One of the crew comes over and gives you a hand up and says, That was jolly good. You were very convincing there, sir. Yeah, right, right, right. Hamp's like squishing back and forth in his wet shoes, looking down <laughs> at the confused, more confused than usual look on his face. Yeah. You can see behind you the scenery painting, the backdrop of a wild, dark ocean, storm-wracked skies, and you're kind of standing in about two feet of water, and there's what looks like half a cockpit of the Lancaster bomber behind you. All right, then. Can we get out in sunlight? I think that would be... I think I'd like to see the sun right now. Someone that maybe is the uh, first assistant director comes over and says yes of course come on come come this way you know I, I, I always find it wonderful how actors can just put on any accent you want I mean you you were very convincing there sir fantastic good job good job and they lead you out into the sunlight and we will cut again we will cut again to Nora Nora the lights have come on in the studio on the sound stage the scene has ended in fact I think it was the final the final scene that you were shooting I believe and O'Shaughnessy, or rather the actor playing O'Shaughnessy, he looks a bit pissed off, actually. And he kind of comes striding over to you and he leans in and he says, what the hell did you change the ending for? Change the ending? What on earth do you mean? I mean, look, I'm going to complain to the director about this. What do you think you're doing? You're, you're making me look like a goddamn fool. I'm meant to be the star of this show, Miss Nora. Look, th this is just unacceptable. Well, I'm sorry. I did what I thought was the right thing to do. Well, 
I mean, what, you think an audience wants to see me, the star of this film, get sent to the electric chair at the end? What kind of a cockamamie idea is that? And Nora kind of looks at him and says, I think the audience always wants to see justice done. Well, listen, lady, you're never going to work in this town again. And then he turns heel on you and storms off. If I look around, is anybody else coming to talk to me or is it just him? No, the rest of the crew are just kind of dismantling the lights and getting ready to finish their work for the day. But yeah, I think your rewrite perhaps didn't go down too well. <laughs> no, it does not appear so. And I, I'm going to start looking for my friends if I can. And then we will cut to Milton. You're sitting around with uh, the rest of the actors maybe changing at the end of the day. And the one that plays Frankie comes over. Uh, he's kind of looking at you and he says, Hey, Chubbs, you're putting on a few extra pounds there. Oh, I, I, I am a little bit out of shape, I will say. But uh, just comes with age. Hey, you, you want us to pick you up some gabagool from fake shows? <laughs> well, I was going to say, I mean, the, the catering is good on this particular shoot. But um, yeah, yeah, if you can uh, grab me up, grab me some of that stuff. Anything for you, anything for you, Paulie. It's only a 6,000 mile round trip to Greenwich Village. Oh, well, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can walk. Maybe you'd sweat off some of it. Come on, it's all right. It's all right. We're just breaking your balls. I know, I know, <laughs> fellas. <laughs> hey. It's all right, Milton. Maybe we'll call you Fat Nilly from now on. <laughs> um, eh, perhaps not. <laughs> and as the laughter ascends to the ceiling, we will cut finally to Dr. Emery. Yeah, you're, you're on this very elaborate set. Dozens of stagehands are taking down the lights. And a familiar figure comes striding over, Otto Totleben. And he says, Wunderbar, wunderbar. Are you, are you quite happy with that? I thought it could have got a, a little better, really. I Obviously, my performance was fine, but I wasn't entirely convinced by the lighting there. You, you're happy with it, uh, are you? I know you're such a perfectionist. Well, I think you have captured a, a new objectivity, you see. Uh, I am tired of the expressionistic uh, form. I want mm. to reflect a deeper reality, a darker, more real reality, uh, a neue Sachlichkeit, if you like. Uh, is that German for tautology? Uh, well, uh, it is hard to translate. Uh, it means uh, ordinary reality, you see? Like uh, Dix and Gross, you know? Uh, the painters from uh, the, uh, Berlin. Uh, yes, you see, they show us the way the monsters of the ordinary, you see? Um, well, let's pretend I do. <laughs> <laughs> and with that... All five of you, your vision starts to get a bit faded, like almost like burnt out film stock or something. Everything becomes a bit bleached out. You're back in the corral and everything seems to have gone back to normal. Hmm. There's no shredded keystone cops hanging from uh, uh, giant cactus spikes. There's no crashed police car. There's no dead people lying around. You know, people getting on with their work preparing for today's shoot and you're all back in the corral has anyone else here experienced what might be termed a psychotic break yeah quite an extended and elaborate one yeah i was kind of going with the waking dream yes yes i yes. think Hans is correct there i have heard stories that uh, in the americas they do sometimes make um beverages uh, alcoholic beverages from hallucinogenic cacti i mean is there any chance that that's what we've been imbibing oh i think generally there'd be more vomiting involved hmm. <laughs> well the night is young fair 
Indeed it is. Indeed it is. It is, in fact, nearly dark at this point. And there's no sign of Theda. There's no sign of Charles Brabin. There's no sign of Totalib or anyone else. You seem to be alone in this corral. Um, and, and the work is kind of going on. People are carrying planks and tools up to the hills behind, getting ready for tomorrow. So if anyone has got skill in it, you could make a, a psychology role at this point. Yeah, yeah, yes, sure. Ten, I see. Psychology. Oh, that's, uh, yeah, that's nothing really, is it? That's, yeah. Basic. I mean, you can try. You can well, I'm going to try. I'm going to try it. You're in it. You've got to be in it to win it. Here we go. I've rolled 70. No, no good. No. no. Okay. Well, you know, bloody hell. That's <laughs> 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 a good oh, success. <laughs> you were rolling what? some crazily good rolls, I think, last time as well, weren't you? You were just yeah. like... What is going on? Roll20 loves you. <laughs> yeah, well, Milton, maybe your time spent in these strange situations has given you some kind of uh, insight. But um, there is something noticeably strange about these stagehands and workers as they're heading up into the hills and, and milling around at the edge of the ranch. And given that you roll a hard success, they seem extremely... They're moving unnaturally. Like, they seem very purposeful. None of them are looking anywhere but ahead none of them are talking to each other i mean it just seems odd they're walking in complete silence all of them <sighs> fuck me has anybody else noticed these people are moving extremely strangely they're uh, almost appear to be in a trance-like state hmm. is there anyone i can approach i mean yeah if you walk out of the corral there, there are a, gr a small group of them heading past and up into the, right. the hills above i just wonder if i can try and get their attention excuse me excuse me and i'll try and if i'm close enough i can get up in front of one of them or they don't respond to your call and you kind of walk in front of them and they and they just kind of split and walk either side of you almost as if they it's not that they didn't see you they obviously saw you because they they moved out of your way as they went past, but they're just not acknowledging you at Hello? all. Hello? I mean, they're not walking fast. You could easily walk alongside them if you want to try and engage them. Yes, I'll try and... Yeah, I'm going to try and wave my hand in front of somebody's <laughs> face, perhaps. <laughs> so you, you, you wave your hand in front of one of their faces, and he briefly looks at you, but then just carries on walking. They're not engaging. So yet. they know I'm here, but, um, mm. yeah, they're obviously paying me no... Yeah. Attention, I'm just an irritant, if anything. What on earth is going on? Does everybody appear to be walking to the same place, or are they all doing the different... Yeah, they're all, they're all heading up to this path that winds up between the rocks over mm. the rise to the other side. I think you all know that that's where the main sound stage is being built, or the main set, rather, for Ziska is being built. And they're all carrying, you know, the kind of materials to actually continue building the set. There. Right, well, I, I want to know what's going on here, because, well... Given what has happened, I want to know how much of it hasn't happened. <laughs> mm, indeed. And uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to uh, sort of uh, yeah follow these fellas to their destination. What about the rest of you? I would also like to follow, definitely. I suppose seeing everyone else wandering off, you know, Dr. Watson will come out of his reverie and just wander along behind them, grumbling to himself. That seems fair enough. Amp? Yeah, ample follow along sort of reluctantly right so you crest the ridge and you see down below that there's a big area there's some generators there oil generators and some lights have been set up and there it's a hive of activity and there's been some remarkable progress made 
it looks like they've built this quite extraordinary, like gigantic Egyptian temple <laughs> that seated pharaohs and sphinxes and chariots. And it's probably about 70 or 80 feet high and is quite extraordinary. I take it this looks a bit like what I remember from my little scene before. Yes, it does. Although previously you were in the interior, but yes, the, the, yeah. the styling and the everything architecture. Also. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes, this is rather remarkable and disturbingly familiar. Familiar in what way, Doctor? I'm sure just a few minutes ago I, I was inside that very structure and doing something unwise with tablets. Tablets. Wait, you mean pills or like biblical? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say like, Yes, MDMA. M- 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 <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, no, no. They were, they were gold tablets, if I remember correctly, and they were inscribed with uh, sorcerous rituals. And I, well, it was all very contrived. So yeah, you're all standing on the ridge, looking down, and then you hear a voice from behind you, and it's um, Theda. She's with Charles. She says, "Oh, there you are." Oh, I was wondering where you'd got to. You you disappeared for a a while. Are you as impressed with this as I am? I I can't quite believe what I'm seeing here. How long have we been missing, exactly? I don't know, Charles. I mean, she looks at Charles, and Charles says, at least a couple of hours. uh, I mean, we last saw you at dinner. What exactly happened? You were going to take a photo of Trevelyan. Yes, yes, we did. Well, it wasn't just a photograph. We took footage of him uh, with with our our new camera, didn't we? Yes, that's when things became a bit strange. Ah, but we, Fader, am I am I losing my my memory here? I remember. Did we go with them? No, because I, I did. And Fader says, "Yeah, I, it's strange. I I'm sure we did, but but then we were back in the ranch, and they were they weren't. There. They look very confused. Have you seen Mister? Trevelyan since we captured the footage of him? I'm asking this knowing what we saw, but... It's funny you should say that. No, we've not seen Trevelyan either, Charles says. Oh, better show up. I mean, we're going to need him tomorrow, I think, ain't we? I mean, unless... Dr. Emery, unless you can stand in for him. I suppose I could. I'm... I think I'm familiar with what he was attempting to perform, but... Yes, yes, I'm sorry. Something is nagging at my mind here. Something I'm not entirely sure that we want to replicate what he was doing. Is that right? I think you have that right, yes. And Thayer says, no, no, we have to. We have to. Look, we've talked about this. This is is my big chance for the comeback. Yes, yes, but, 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 I mean... You must understand, I mean, clearly, I mean, you, you have a, a much better grasp of the performing arts and the, the requirements of drama than I have. I, I am, after all, a mere academic. But I must admit that I, I, I think this is one of these occasions where verisimilitude is probably far more appropriate than naked realism, if that makes any sense. I think I, I think if we get the appearance of of what it is that Mr. Trevelyan was trying, rather than the authentic performance, that that will be enough to make your film. I was about to say sing, but they don't even talk, do they? Um, <laughs> Illuminated. Charles says, 
well, look, I I don't know about this. I mean, uh, uh, Mr. Toadleben is, is very specific. He wants it to be as authentic as possible. That's his whole, th- you know, his, his whole thing now. Yes, but what I, I would suggest um, is that we lie to him, that, that we pretend that we are being authentic, but we produce a passable facsimile of Mr. Trevelyan's work, because, as you might appreciate from some of the strangeness today, we are playing around with forces that we neither completely understand nor control. Charles looks a bit perplexed, and he says, Oh, come on, Doc, not this again. I don't believe in all this nonsense. I mean, I know you do, and I know Trevelyan does, and, you know, whatever, but if you go and see a shrink and, and talk about this stuff, he'll tell you if it's real in your head, it's real in, you know, in the world, and all that kind of nonsense. But come on, you're trying to tell me you're going to you're gonna summon up some spooks? Yes, but... You see, if you don't believe in any of this, then surely that means that you are even less invested in authenticity than Mr. Trevelyan was. Yeah, I can't argue with that, Doc. Good, 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 because I'm getting tired. (laughs) (laughs) So, Milton, you were... Were you saying... I was was just going to say that, you know, given what the inexplicable events of the last couple of hours that we're struggling to, you know, recall here, I think my, my good friend, Dr. Emery, has a point. Yeah. I mean, this could well be, if, if it is indeed authentic, this could well be Thader's swan song, if you're not lucky. And Thader looks a bit goes pale, and Charles says, look, I, I, you guys know more about all this stuff than I do. I, We'll do what you say, but, well, let's keep it between us, yeah? Indeed. It's getting late now, and we've got an early start. They want to do some kind of sunrise shot, so we'll see you tomorrow. Get a good night's sleep. And then they head back to the ranch. So, what do you want to do? Uh, do uh, Is Mr. Hammett anywhere to be seen? No, you can give him a call, though, from the ranch, from the phone. You've got his number. He's staying in a small town nearby. He said he'd be close at hand if you needed any help. I look at them and I say, do you think it would be worth giving him a call? I ask the rest of the group, or, do we th- or should we just explore this temple? Yes, I, I do like the idea of exploring this temple because, as I said, I do have some memories of being inside there. And I think what is probably key to deciding what to do next is understanding what the deuce is actually happening now or has been happening. Because otherwise we are operating with somewhat incomplete information. Yes, I mean, I do want to explore the temple, but I think I, think I need to call him and tell him what's happened and see if he has any other info. Well, I'm certainly up for exploring the temple because the, a good night's sleep is the last thing that I'm in the mood for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what about uh, Rita and Hamp, then? What's your desire? Well, Hamp? Can we just fly out of here? Can we just be done with it? Your plane isn't that far away. That is tempting. I must say, that's exactly what I was thinking. It's been a while since we've been up in the air. <laughs> yeah, and I had, I had the worst dream about that, and I, I need to cleanse my palate of that nonsense. Old Hamp ain't never lost a plane. Never. Well, let's take things in sequence. So I guess the, the most imminent thing is exploring the temple, because it's right there in front of you. So Emery and, and Milton, you're going in, yeah? Uh, yes. So you can both make either a history or an archaeology role as you approach it. I 
think this could be history for me. Archeology. I mean, you could spend luck, of course. I think you've got a reason why. Although Milton, um, yes. of course, passed, because he's passes every single role now. <laughs> um, so Milton, being an expert in, in Egypt, which is why this whole thing, <laughs> which is how this whole sorry tale started, you realise that the hieroglyphs are not classical hieroglyphs. You can't even make them out. Everything else seems pretty authentic, but the hieroglyphs that they're, they've installed on the walls, the, the cartouches, they're not authentic. Well, I'm not sure who they've consulted about these hieroglyphs, but I don't know. They've, they appear to be just made up off the top of someone's head. I, I, I'm not actually seeing anything I recognise. Well, unless perhaps Mr. Trevelyan was responsible for crafting these as well. They may have some less savoury significance. Can I attempt a Cthulhu Mythos roll, looking at these? I think, actually, just make an intelligence roll. Oh, boy. Uh, sure. Oh, for fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> um, well, do you want to get a bit like, closer? How about me? Shall I have a look? Yeah. No, no, I've no. Got... Only, uh, only Emery can do this. Right. For, I... for a particular okay. reason. Not having learnt my lesson from the <laughs> first st- episode we played at this, I'm going to go up to them, start tracing them with my finger, and try <laughs> oh, to God. read what I think they are allowed. Okay, wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, no, it's a real fuck up. It's still a fail push. It's still a fail. Yeah. Oh, fuck me. Well, um, so you go up and you, you climb the steps to the nearest one and um, you start tracing it and you get very absorbed in it. Mm. So absorbed that you don't realise that you've been grabbed by several of these workers and they're hauling you off into the entrance of the temple and you're being dragged. Hey, what? And, and, and hand me. I, I am not a piece of scenery. <laughs> they are strong and big, these, these four men, and they're being held by both your arms and both your legs, and you're being kind of literally carried off at this point. What, what do the rest of you want to do? Unhand him, put him down. So, yeah, another small group of them step forward to, to kind of block your way, Milton, as you try and get to Emery. And oh, just now like, you notice me. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just standing there waiting for you to try something. Wait, what are you doing with him? Can I just not just push, try and push them aside? You can. It's going to be a fighting manoeuvre right. to try and do it. Okay. Um, or, or you could roll a dodge. I mean, it's up to you. You could try and dodge around them or try and push through. I, I'm going to try and push through. Okay, so make a, a fighting brawl roll. Oh, no. Oh, I failed. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Wrong time to fail. Yeah. <laughs> and the, oh, no. You try and push through, and one of them just basically gets you in an arm lock. And the other one has grabbed you as well, and you're being dragged now into the entrance doing? as well. My hat! <laughs> <laughs> it's very odd. They're, they're not making a sound. They, they seem very robotic oh, almost. St- strong silent types, are you? <laughs> Absolutely. And um, we will cut to, uh, to Nora um, as, as Emery and Milton are dragged through into the doorway of the temple. So, Nora, you're back at the ranch at this point, and you walk into the main building... And there's a payphone on the, on the wall. You've got uh, Hammett's number. Okay, I will walk over to the payphone and put in my quarters. Mm-hmm. And uh, although it'd probably be nickels back then. Yeah, I imagine. I imagine it would only be one as well, probably. <laughs> yeah. Possibly even a penny. Yeah, possibly even a penny. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. You put in a coin or two and you dial through to the number. 
it rings a few times and it sounds a bit str- like a really bad line. It's kind of crackly. And then after about six or seven rings, you hear a click and you hear a voice and it says, Hello? Mr. Hammett? Hello? Mr. Hammett, it's Nora. Is there anyone there? Mr. Hammett, can you hear me? I do that thing where you knock the receiver <laughs> against the... Because you think that'll help even though it doesn't. Hello? Hello? And then you hear, a, you hear a tapping sound. And then it says, Oh, well, must be a bad line. And then just the phone goes down. Okay. Uh, I will hang up and let me try one more time. Okay. So you try again. And you rings out a couple of times this time. And there's a click and Hammett's voice. It, it sounds really faint and crackly. And at points, it almost gets a bit sort of like the pitch changes or something. And he goes, Hello? Is there someone there? Is there someone there? Who is this? Is that Nora? Yes, Mr. Hammond, it's Nora. It's Nora Charles. We ran into a... We ran into... Is it Nora? I can't hear anything, Nora. Yes, it's... I can't hear anything, Nora. This must be a terrible line. And then he just puts the phone down again. Okay. I look at the phone for a second and I'll hang it up. I think to myself, well... There's something strange about the way he sounded. They look around. Does everything look okay, or does it have a strange quality to it as well? As uh, everything looks well, normal, I suppose would be the word to <laughs> right. use. But there are a couple of, I guess, production assistants or whatever, and they're just and they're sitting in the office opposite you. And the whole time they were just slowly inscribing things in these notebooks. They didn't even look up when you stepped over to the phone, and it was pretty strange. Yeah. If I walk over to them, do they make a move to stop me from reading what they're writing? No. No, they they absolutely ignore you, and they're just, they're just writing away. Can I get a glance at what they're writing in their notebooks? It's not English. In fact, it doesn't even look like Western script. It's not even Roman letters. Oh, it's not even Western script. It's strange, a strange sort of curly script, like nothing you've ever seen before. If I try to talk to them, if I say, excuse me, do you know if there's another working phone around here? They just ignore you. So kind of like the um, stagehands who are walking to the... Yeah, exactly. I wonder if the doctor could... Excuse me again, one of the directors at the temple set needs a page out of your notebook. (laughs) <laughs> and when, when you say this one of them stands up and looks at you with this very piercing gaze and says Miss Charles do you wish to know what we are writing I will take a breath and I say yes yes I do then come with us and the other one gets up and they politely indicate that you follow them well I want to know what's going on so I'll follow them okay and they take you out the back of the, the building into the sort of area behind. And they say, come this way. We will explain everything. Yes, well, I hope you can explain things satisfactorily. There's been so many odd things happening. You follow them into the darkness. And we'll cut oh, to, <laughs> to, Rita, <laughs> to Rita and Hamp, who are heading over to the plane at this point. You make your way through through the scrub, that's that striking rock. And this time, as you get there, there's Totleben is on his own, standing on the rock, just looking out over the landscape. And your plane is maybe 500, 600 yards away. And he's just standing there, 
hello, Toddy, how are you? <laughs> he turns around and looks at you, and he says, You wish to make your own little movies? I think we'd actually quite like to uh, just go for a quick spin in the old plane. Isn't that right, Hamp? Yeah. I mean, I, I know you're a crowd and all, but I gotta say, are you stuck here? Can you leave? If you wanted to leave, could you leave? Why would I want to leave? We have not made the film yet. Not the question I was asking, though. Not why. I just want to know, do you want to leave? No, I do not want to leave. And neither should you. We don't. We don't want to leave. What we want to do is just go for a little spin in the plane. You see, really, we're both aviators. We're, we're more aviator than actor. Yeah. Yeah. We must all play our part, Zor. Well, suit yourself. We're going to go up for a little stroll in the sky. <laughs> and he says, Guten Abend. And then he turns back to looking at the, at the horizon. Proper fruitcake. <laughs> That's disconcerting. That's all that is. Your plane looks in perfectly good condition. Of course it does. And, um, <laughs> and you hop in. You turn on the ignition. You know, I'm going to be extra careful. I'm just going to check the engine... Okay. Body, anything for just for signs of tampering, signs yeah. of things out of the ordinary. It's been a weird day. It has been no a telling. Weird day. It has been a weird day. Yeah, you give it the once over. Everything's in perfect condition, perfect working order. Okay. Well, Hamp, should I pilot the thing? How are you at spotting things that are hard to see? Well, I. I on a I scale of one to a hundred, even. On a scale of one to a hundred, I'd give myself <laughs> a spotting things like that. I'd give myself about. You know, 25 out of 100. <laughs> you know, then I think there's probably no difference in who's in the pilot seat. You're a little bit better on the pilot <laughs> side, I'll, I'll admit that. And uh, I, I'll, I'll do the navigating and the spotting and um, maybe the shooting if it has to be done. Uh-huh. I, I think that's a good idea. But I, I can, I, I'll shoot as well. I'm ready to shoot too. Are we just going for a spin or are we actually going? I think we're going. <laughs> okay. Just leave your friends, it's fine. Let's, um, go then. I mean, it'll involve unanimous consent here. For the first step, let's just get up in the sky and see if this thing even works, because everything's gone wonky as hell. Has, has Hamp taken the camera with him? I think it's still sitting in the corral, really. I... So is the box with the rifle in it, so Hamp's oh, just yeah. got the pistol. Whatever rifles were left in the plane that no one took, but yeah, yeah. my rifle's gone. So, you fire her up. Turn on the ignition. Did that, would you call it ignition? I guess you would. Starter. Um, and that, starter, motor. starter, yeah. Yeah, the starter. And um, that familiar, somehow delicious to you, smell of kerosene enters your uh, nostrils. And that sort of mechanical coughing sound that comes along with the <laughs> old plane engine starting up. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. You taxi along the dirt track, and then you take off. And you're up in the air. Everything feels perfectly normal, perfectly fine. And you're you're flying. I, I, which direction do you want to head? Do you want to head back towards Los Angeles direction, north to San Francisco? Rita, can we circle the compound a couple times and just get a feel for what's going on down there? See if we spot any of our friends. Yeah, I I think it'd be good to you know get the aerial view on that pyramid, you know. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Okay. You're actually going to have to do a, quite a big loop because uh, the way you're pointed at the moment. Oh, yeah. Uh, you're going to have to... Not not a loop the loop, but you're going to have to do a kind of... I'm going to have to do a big loop! 
<laughs> I mean, you could do a barrel roll. That would be the quickest way to get... Because you're going to have to basically turn around. Let's have a barrel roll. Come on. It, a I mean, barrel it roll. Much no, we need to do a barrel roll. <laughs> we have to do a barrel roll. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, mm-hmm. You want to do a barrel roll? Are you Are you serious? Look, there's tort Leben. Okay. Uh, yeah. You're gonna yeah, try and yeah. you're gonna you're gonna try and um you know um strafe him or something or skim the top of his hat no, or something. No, impress him. Oh, impress him. Okay, yeah. Blow his comb over over. <laughs> yep. <laughs> all right. So you pull the throttle all the way back. The aerolons come down and, and you're climbing because obviously you need a bit of height to do a barrel roll and plus you need to get up to top speed. So you're gonna have to probably fly it out about probably a quarter of a mile before you've got up to top speed and the most peculiar thing happens after about 30 seconds both you can both make a pilot roll i passed it 63 against 75 okay i I managed to fail it (laughs) you managed to fail your pilot roll maybe you're distracted but um because rita you were flying weren't you certainly was yeah so what happens is very odd and you almost don't believe your eyes maybe at first so you're flying across the southern hills to the south of the ranch, away from the ranch. And then suddenly, it, it, maybe you blacked out. Maybe you did your barrel roll without realising it, because then the next instant, you're flying back towards the ranch. You must have just passed out or something, had a memory lapse. That was slightly easier than I was thinking. I mean, we're coming, we're going back already. Hamp, you realise now that you are pointed in the opposite direction. You, you just weren't, maybe weren't paying attention. Can I navigate, maybe... Oh, you want to make a navigate roll? What do you want to... I mean, it's pretty obvious. I, I want to try to point reader in the right direction. She's obviously gotten a little confused. I wasn't paying attention. She's gotten a little confused, so... <laughs> okay. Yeah, well... I'll pull the map out. <laughs> Fantastic. I, I think you both are going to have to make a sanity roll as well for what just happened. Because you're both experienced pilots. This is not in any way possible what just happened. It, it is... Yeah, we're like that in our brains now. Damn it. I rolled a three against wow. 67. Okay. And Hamp, you're resilient. Neither of you lose any sanity for that. But it, but you realise that what just happened is not possible. But then again, a lot of impossible things are happening at the moment. God. So, yeah, we're, we're starting to realise there's some sort of magic here. Maybe we're still filming something now. They're filming a thing where we're, film being fi- where we're making a film. I think we've lost connection with reality without the use of chemicals. Right. Do you think it's a good idea to be up here in this plane? Yes. Okay. So can we see the uh, can we see the pyramid? Yeah, you can. But all you see are the workers. You don't see Milton or Emery. But then again, they did say they were going into the pyramid, so I don't think that's anything suspicious about that necessarily. We just see the workers. What, what are the workers doing then? Some of them are finishing building. There's a ramp that goes around the outside of the... It's, it's not really a pyramid. It's more of a temple, to, to be precise. Um, they're building a ramp that kind of is winding up around the outside of the temple to get up to the top. And at the top, there's this sort of huge Anubis. There's a huge statue of a, a sculpture of Anubis at the top of this temple. Is there anywhere to land on the top of the temple? No, there bloody is <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's big, but it's only about maybe 70 or 80 feet across. There's no way you can land a plane on it. But near it, probably not a problem, Yeah, you can, right? you can definitely land near it, yeah, for sure. Hamp wants to, he's just doing a little mental check here, and he's realizing there's, there's problems with space and time. And 
his concern is the fuel situation. Hmm. He's trying to remember what the fuel situation was when we landed. And I, I think I would have logged that. And there's been a lot of excitement, so it's fair if I didn't. But I think I would have logged that. And I just want to see, does the fuel tank look correct? How, how are we feeling on the reality of our fuel situation? So w- when you're looking at it, you realize, oh, damn it. Because you've seen this before. It looks like the needle must have got stuck at like three quarters. It often does that. And the only way to get it to show the right reading is to tap it a couple of times. Hmm. Okay, well, tap tap the goddamn thing. <laughs> so it can drop down through the floor and we can get down on the ground and do what Andy wants us to do. God damn it. No, no. Because, <laughs> because uh, you're still in the air and your stomach lurches because the needle just drops down below the red line. You know your plane. Your fuel tank is telling you it's completely empty. And reader, we might have to glide this thing down. Problem with the fuel situation. Okay, maybe, you know, if I go some distance off from the temple thing, then, you know, if we go and look around, then we could find a good spot. Yeah, yeah, look for look for a nice soft landing area because we might need it. But, um, you know, the engine is still is still firing nicely. Both the props are going full speed. The- That's what it always does until until it don't. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, you, you would know the sound of a low tank. You know, you, there'd be a bit of spluttering. It wouldn't be firing necessarily very well. But it sounds perfectly fine. Oh, I can't I can't stomach it. I live by the by the dials, you know. Yeah, you watch your gauges. You do things right. You navigate right. You You can fly a plane with no windows. You know that, right? Are you, are you talking to me? <laughs> I don't know who I'm talking to anymore. Just put us down. Okay, right. okay. Now, it is nighttime, so um, this isn't going to be the easiest landing you've ever made recently. Come on, what is... Go on, what is it? What are we going to do? <laughs> uh, you guys make a pilot roll to land now in the dark. Ooh, here we go. Have we got any lights on the plane? Is it fitted with lights? Can I co-pilot... I mean, oh. I d- I don't th- they wouldn't have lights that would help you land. I don't think, really, would they? You can give a bonus dice by, Ooh. yeah, but you didn't. You didn't need to. Oh, I see. No, no. Um, you, all, all you do is you get a bonus dice to. Uh, oh, okay. I don't have to roll f- to do yeah, that. You don't roll. Oh, cool. Okay, here we go. Here we go. We're coming in quick now. It's very exciting. Okay. Well, it's a good job you're giving me the bonus dice because I just rolled eighty-eight. What did you roll? So here we go. It's 48 now. I got 48. That's a winner. Okay, that's fine. You're good, and you managed to land it. And as you land, you, you land relatively close to the temple. And then when you cut the engine, carried over on the, the breeze, you hear some chanting. Is that Emery and Milton? <laughs> they, they get into trouble, don't they? They keep life I'll interesting. All right, so we will cut to Nora. Okay. Nora, you're being led by these two gentlemen, and they take you into another building, and it's dark inside. There's a small, very faint light coming from a a, a dim light bulb. It's red-coloured. It's like a reddish light coming off it. And and one of them says, come with us, Miss Charles. Where are we going? Just to show you the truth, Miss Charles. That can mean many things. Just come this way, Miss Charles. Okay, we'll tentatively follow along. And they lead you into a dark room with rows of cinema seats in it. And then one of them says, please sit down, Miss Charles. Our feature will be starting very soon. Wait, you're going to show me a movie? I thought you said you were going to show me the truth. 
Ah, Miss Charles. One and the same. I don't know about that, but okay, and I will sit. You sit there, and you hear the whirring behind you of a projector. And at first it's just white. The the light that is playing on the screen is is just white. And then you realise that it's not just white. It's got this sort of oily swirling, multicoloured look to it. You need to make an extreme power roll at this point. Yep. Okay. Oh, so close. Wow. <laughs> nearly did it. Do you wanna do you wanna spend it's only nine luck. Yeah, actually I do. Okay. So at first you feel yourself starting to sort of it's somewhere between fading and being drawn in to the light. And just as you feel you're about to lose your grip, you manage to get out of the way or something. Maybe you dive down onto the floor between the seats because this light was playing on your back. It was like your shadow was being cast onto the screen in front of you. And you realise that it was somehow going to drag you away. As you dive down, you feel your, your head spinning. You hear a voice saying, Please help me. Please help me. It's Isadora. I'm stuck here in this place. I'm stuck here. Please let me out. Please. I don't know where I am. Everything's so strange. And then a welcoming blackness envelops you. That was disturbing. Yeah. I pass out, or...? Well, you have to make a sanity roll. Okay. Okay. You, you do lose one point of sanity, and you do pass out, but then you kind of come to pretty quickly. You hear a voice saying, And then you hear a door opening. What are you going to do? I'm going to go... I'm going to keep crouched down, you know, kind of in between the rows of seats. I know it's dark in here. Is there any light at all, like an exit sign? You know what <laughs> I mean? A blinking. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, no, when you came in, you realised there was only one way in and out the way that you came. It's not like a proper cinema. It's a, it's a small screening room. And the only way to get out would be to somehow get round the two men that have come in. How many seats are there, Andy? How many seats are there? There's like 12, maybe, two rows of six, or three rows of four, let's say. So you're like in the middle, and they're kind of coming down, trying to find you, and they're going to be on you in seconds. So Okay, I want to pull the snub nose, and I'm going to um, keep crouched down behind the seats. If they're going to be on me in seconds, uh, I'm just going to stay crouched and try to move around the seats and get behind them, if I can. Right, okay. I'll give you a bonus dice because of this, the, the the strange lighting in the room because the, the projector's been switched off now and there's just that very faint red light. So you can make a stealth roll with a bonus dice. Okay. You could spend two and make that an extreme. You spend two luck and make it an extreme? Absolutely. Okay. So yeah. you've completely got the drop on these two. They've both got their backs to you at this point. I mean, you could evade them now if you want and get out without being seen. It's, it's up to you. You can pretty much do whatever you want at this point. Yeah, no, I'm going to try to get out without them seeing me. Okay, so you duck out of there very quietly, and then you just you hear a voice saying, She's gone. Maybe it did work. Maybe it did work. What do you think, sir? You hear another voice coming from the projector room. and said, You idiots. It did not work. I would know by now. Do I recognize that voice at all? You do. It's Trevelyan. And yeah, you're out. So, 
Milton and Emery. <laughs> you're being manhandled. These guys obviously know know what your MO is, Emery, because one of them has got his hand tightly over your mouth so you can't speak. And they are dragging you rather roughly down into the middle of the temple. And then standing there is someone that you haven't seen for a while. The rather striking form of Lilith Hopkirk, the rather irritating theosophist. But she has a much different expression on her face now, a harder look. And she looks over at you and she says, So, Mr. Blythe and Dr. Watson, seems like you found out a little bit more than perhaps you should have. Oh, I'm not sure about that. Your hieroglyphs are complete nonsense. Mm, 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 mm. Uh, nonsense, you say? No, Mr. Milton. I think if I let your friend here speak, which of course I won't, I think he would tell you that there's nothing wrong with these hieroglyphs. No, no, not at all. Nothing wrong at all with these hieroglyphs, Milton. If only you knew the power invested in them. Oh, you'll see soon enough. Well, hearing that, I, I, I'm, I'm going to assume that she doesn't want Emery speaking because of that spell. So I'm going to bite the finger of the man who's got his hand over my mouth. <laughs> of course you are. Of course you are. What's your dexterity? 60. Oh, okay. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So make a fighting brawl roll then. <laughs> oh, dear. I should have put my fighting teeth in today. <laughs> <laughs> oh no 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 that is not going to do it and in fact you strain your jaw to try and clamp it around this man's hand oh well he rolled an 88 so um, so I think you both we're, we're back to stalemate uh, he doesn't he doesn't manage to cause you any harm but they just grip you tighter and yeah well I'm, I'm, I'm clearly taking the wrong tack here instead of biting him i'm going to try to make him uncomfortable by gently licking the inside of his hand <laughs> <laughs> that is such a horrible thought <laughs> oh, the, the pink sandpapery tongue of a 65 year old 70 year old anthropologist i'm going to groan in pleasure while doing it <laughs> Uh, Lilith sees you struggling and she says stop that Dr. Watson or I'll be forced to do something that you will regret but um, you're looking away (laughs) I would say that this would be an appearance role oh god (laughs) I'm not sure that I'm going to be happy if it turns out at the end of this I've pulled Um, (laughs) Wow! Zero four extreme. (laughs) Why have you got a 60 appearance? That seems like a real, really strange thing from Dr. Watson, but um, I gave you the character, so it's my fault. It's the moustache. It's the bristly moustache. So your pink little tongue darts out between your lips, pushing your teeth out, your false teeth come out, um, and you you taste the rough, salty texture of the stagehand's um, palm. He's going to have to make a power roll to kind of continue holding it, because I think it's probably one of the least pleasant sensations you could imagine. So uh, he needs to make he has to make a hard power roll. Oh, my God. Oh, for he, fuck's sake. He, he loves it. He loves it. He bends down and he whispers, later, Dr. Watson. (laughs) These are the moments when I miss being an editor. 
Uh, no, I'm afraid it was a valiant attempt. You did lick him beautifully, but um, <laughs> the one on the left looks at his companion and says, what's going on? This can go in Emery's favour, I'm sure. It could, yeah. it could. You've, you've made a friend. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I'll take what I can get. <laughs> You'll take, take whatever you can get. But you're, you're continued to be brought forward, um, and, and then you're deposited. Uh, one of the other ones... There's plenty. There's quite a few of them now. Your, your hands are bound behind your back. And Lilith says, gag him, pointing to you. And you're gagged. Mm. Milton, you're still able to speak. And Lilith says, you know that you are part of the great working. You should feel pleased, not struggle anymore. Well, why am I being restrained if I am part of this? Well, I don't trust you. That's why you've tried at every turn to ruin our plans. So what makes you think I'm a part of it? Oh, I wouldn't say you were a willing part of it, Mr. Blythe. Not a willing part, but you and your friends, you're an important component in our ritual, you see. Your friend here, Dr. Watson, he he has accessed the dimensions that we are striving to contain, to control, you see. He rather unwittingly, but... He seems to have a degree of finesse about him that is admirable. He's certainly got charm. <laughs> <laughs> you can see why we have to take these precautions. And she looks at you, Emery, and says, I hope it isn't too uncomfortable, the gag. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then she says, we'll remove it soon enough. Ah, and then she looks up. And she says, yes, now the others are here as well. And you hear shouting from behind as Charles and Theda are being dragged in as well. And Charles is saying, get your filthy hands off her, you brutes. What the hell's going on here? Who are you? He looks up and sees Hopkirk. And then they both see the two of you, Milton and Emery. And Charles says, what's going on? Milton, what's, what, what the hell's going on here? Who are these people? What are they doing? I fear we're going to find out. Okay. We will cut back to Hamp and Rita, who've just landed the play <laughs> near the temple. And as you got out, you actually heard and saw Charles and Thader being manhandled and taken into the temple a few hundred yards away. And there's a small group of men that are walking purposefully towards your plane. Guess it's time to join this party, reader. And uh, Hamp pulls out his pistol and just takes out the first one walking towards him. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Oh, Excellent. Boy. Are you going to wait until they close with you, or are you just going to shoot as soon as you, you can? Because they're, they're probably about 100 yards away, so you're at a really long range for a pistol. I mean, I, in fact, I don't even know if you can hit someone at 100 yards with a pistol. Oh, yeah, after that, I didn't realize we were that far away from the... Uh, yeah, because you, you obviously landed the plane, and they're, they're walking towards you. So, actually... Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll wait for the, the whites of the eyes. I, I guess... Let me see. You got What have you got? An automatic? A 38 automatic? Oh, which one is it that I have? I, they're all 15-yard range so yeah you could take a shot at them when they get to like 60 yards but it would be an ex you know you'd have two penalty dies do you know how it works scott i can never remember range i'll, range I'll just i'll just wait until about 15 yards i'll just wait till the normal range and i'll just be sitting there talking to rita like nothing's going wrong and just pull the gun and shoot as soon as they get that close so reader what do you think about going in and joining this here uh, party i think we you know we've um we've got the bird's eye view and uh so 
It's it must be time. And I'll get my pistol ready. When I can see the whites of these fellers' eyes, I'm 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 taking one out. I'm just letting you know. I'll go for the one on the right. How about you do the one on the left there? Okay, that sounds fair. In the meantime, let's just act like we're having some sort of heated argument or passionate discussion. <laughs> I told you that this would not be the right place to land. <laughs> well, I was navigating, not flying, and I get confused when I'm just navigating, all right? Give me a break. We got on the ground in one piece. And who was there who forgot to fill the tank up with petrol? I take your point there, because that was me, and it is my aircraft, and I should have known those little perks, those little those little things that, you know, make that, that aircraft unique and special. I should have known this. Now's the time. Let's shoot them. And uh, they get <laughs> they get to within 15 yards, and you just lift your, your gun arm up, and you could fire three times at this point if you want, or you could fire once. You would have a penalty dice if you fire three times. It's up to you, Hamp. Now I'm just firing once, and I'm taking him out. Okay, so roll away. Yeah, that's a hit. So roll d10, plus two, I think. D10 plus two. Okay, well, let's see. It's a good hit. So seven. Um, it's it's seven damage, and uh, let's see. Oh yeah, he's he's down. He's unconscious. You don't think you've killed him, but but he he just goes um, tumbling backwards, and and he's lying um, unconscious on the ground. At which point the other one just goes suddenly panics for the first time. There's a kind of look of emotion on these people's faces on this people this person's face rita you also have your gun <laughs> are you gonna take him out totally totally yeah okay here we go here we go here we go here we go 40 against 50 nice all right roll the d10 plus two okay seven plus two is nine Oh, God. All right. Well, this might well have killed Guy. I'm just going to basically roll a d6. I can't be bothered to work out his actual hit points. Uh, no, it doesn't kill him, but he has to make a constitution roll to avoid um, going unconscious. Uh, he's winged badly, badly, badly wounded. You hit him in the shoulder, and there's a, there's a huge uh, stream of blood coming out of his shoulder. He, he holds his hand up to his arm, and then he just looks at you, and he turns, and he starts running back to the temple, shouting, saying... Help! Help! They're here! Come and help me! They're going to kill us all! And he starts running back towards the temple. Do you shoot a man in the back? I mean, <laughs> you shot a man in the gut earlier. Uh, yes. yes. Hap, do you want to shoot him, or should I? I think we both shoot him, Raider. <laughs> Simultaneous. At that point, I don't know which one of us is left-handed, but one of us is left-handed, and then we just sort of lock elbows uh, with the near arms, and we're just pl plowing through these people with the with the pistol hand. Okay, okay. you you are both going for penalty dice because he's now out, you know, beyond normal range. Of course, yeah. He yeah. ran, so you both roll with a penalty dice. I've missed. Yeah, you both miss, and then with that, he's he's out of sight. He's kind of gone behind one of the large pharaoh statues, and he and he's gone into the into the temple and he's raising <laughs> raising all kinds of hell, shouting and screaming for help. I hate it when they go running behind the pharaoh statues. I can't stand it. <laughs> At which point, Nora, you've heard all the commotion and the gunfire, and you see you've crept back towards over the ridge, and you're crouching down low, looking down, and you see your friends with the plane and they've just shot someone and, and um, fired, you know, injured another one and, and you see all the, the chaos beneath you. All right. I have my gun drawn, so I will start running towards the plane. So you come bounding down the hill. Hamp and Rita, you see Nora, who's come, coming to join you at this point. Rita, what's going on? And as Rita starts running towards you, she just starts to fade away and her voice becomes a thin echo carried on the wind. 
And I think that is the perfect place to end the action-packed episode. <laughs> yeah. Finally, <laughs> Ghost Jack will kill. <laughs> ah, well, that escalated quickly. 